Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. Your voice is back a little bit. It's getting back. It's yeah. getting back. Yeah. Was it gone last? It wasn't gone yet. It was like on its way. It was like knocking on the door. It was on okay. its way. Well, so the last time we record, or the, our last episode, I might have, might have seemed a little tired. And then I realized hours later that I did get COVID. She had From COVID. the wedding. COVID's not even alive anymore. Apparently it's a super spreader event and like several people tested positive. Hey, oh, at the wedding? Yes. Some bridesmaids. I don't think Were I made out with them. honeymoon? Not the bride. Oh. Just some of the party All and then the some people. of the other guests. And then my mom and my stepdad both tested positive. Is Georgia like... Um, Texas and kind of open with everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember seeing anybody with a mask. I mean, I. Yeah. I didn't wear a mask. Yeah. I don't no. <laughs> um. My brother-in-law's in California, and they're about to go on a shutdown. Like they just went in. So oh, it's going full mask. Yeah, they're like, I don't know why they can't get right, but like it's everything's full mask mandate. Like you can't what? go in and eat. You still getting your food to go. It was like they're still in the prime of the pandemic. They never got out of it. No. Oh, no. But remember, it was so much worse there. That's why they're all moving here. That's why they're all coming here. Um, so he's, his, it's different up there for him right now. Oh, my gosh. But, like, well, we just got back from church, and it's a black church. They're still in the, pro- like, they still take our temperature before we walk in. Oh, no. We got to wear a mask. <laughs> you we do? We got a social distance. Yes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm about to go to a white church. Listen, just I could easily have, have about this. this sickness every like over and over and over it's for me yeah it wasn't an issue it yeah. was just i i just had a really bad headache uh-huh. and uh but my bones felt sore which was odd and my jaw and i was like okay this is weird yeah you didn't do any i didn't do any jaw, jaw action. action no not at all and um and then i just started like losing my voice which i also contribute to allergies. Yeah, and we thought maybe it was monkeypox. Yeah, I thought I was Surely like, for sure, I've got the monkeypox. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, f- I was like, surely I've had it, I'm asymptomatic. And then my mom was at your, sh- the show. I was supposed to be in the your style name, show. And she was like, I'm so excited, I'm a yell, bloody happy hour when Caroline gets on the stage. <gasps> And then you didn't even come. I couldn't go to the show because I was COVID positive. And she was like, maybe it's a different Caroline Wolf. And I said, no. no there's not there's another not one. another one. She, I forgot she had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So we're actually recording on a Sunday because Caroline had to 
quarantine. Actually, I think you had already decided that we were going to wait and record. Yes, but I want to blame it on you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually just wasn't going to be ready with the story. <laughs> and turns out it's a two-parter. So let me tell you that now. Wait, you got to make your announcements. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Good thing we oh we also have our live show coming up. Good thing I've already had the COVID, so I will oh, be yes. fresh, ready and to shiny, go. Fresh and shiny. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to Stay Classy Waco. So I talk about my true crime club from time to time. We had an Andrea Yates. I always try to keep whatever we talk about in the month. That's what we'll cover in our true crime club. So we had our Andrea Yates meeting the other week and stay classy made us feel so important she had a happy hour just for us and she called it the bloody happy hour and she had special menus i mean did she know that the two were separate no that like you were yes 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 it wasn't just like a she had um, a podcast here, Keep Wake Loud podcast here. So she knows oh. she listens to the podcast. <clears throat> and so she made a bunch of like drinks that were like true crime mm-hmm. named like the Lady Killer and I think the Forensic File. Anyways, they're amazing oh. drinks. It was Thanks. great. So I wanted to shout out to Katie at Stay Classy and then my book club because it was a great book club. And they picked our next topic and it's going to be candy montgomery so i've already said so i have to and i have to come yes you're gonna have to come yes and i actually met a girl that has a podcast here and her grandpa was the um security guard in the courthouse where the candy montgomery trial and like worked the case there's a lot of stuff that the book and the movie does not tell us so i'm gonna try to get her to come out and give us some real facts. All facts, no printer. Is that a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just, you know, with the, what up, Gen Z? Is that the new kids? Oh, that's I what they know. say. It's all F-A-X, no printer. Okay. Okay, so you can start saying that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. What do you have? Anything good? Um. Are you talking about a new case? Oh, okay. She forgot that quick. I did. (laughs) So obviously Johnny Depp is over. He won. He won. He prevailed over the lies. Now, apparently the next case up that is going to be similar to this is Marilyn Manson. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) What did he do? Well, he's accused by his two exes of a lot of this, like sexual assault. I mean, but here's the thing. Clearly, he is a sadist who, like, they're all about the, in the BDS, BDSM? Yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. BDSM. Yeah. I, that's just what I've gathered. I'm not, I'm, she maybe has talked about it. But anyways, so if you're, like, wanting to be tied up and you're wanting to be, like, brutally taken advantage of, can you then say that you were brutally taken advantage of? I guess they're saying that probably it in this day and age, yes. Unless he should have been like Christian Gray and Fifty Shades of Gray and made him sign a contract. Oh well, uh, well apparently, yeah, they didn't. I guess so. Anyway, like these two, Evan Rachel Wood, that's the one girl, and mm-hmm. there's another girl, somebody Gore, Ashley Gore, 
or two of his exes that are suing him for like all these other th- all these things and he claims he wants a jury trial oh but apparently he and johnny depp have been like good friends He's not as lovable as Johnny Depp. No, though. no. I don't know anything. I, all I know is the beautiful people. Like that with the yeah. one eyeball that was like a speckled eye, like I a dot. Re- I remember um, reading or hearing or that he had a rib or something taken oh, out yeah. so that he can give him his own self a blowjob. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> that, that means, Why you did know. you even need these women if you can do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so apparently this is the next trial that's going to be. But okay. I don't think it's going to be televised. I think it's maybe. I, I don't know. If it is, Yogurt I would love to. I just want to see what these people look like. Yeah. I don't even. I mean, obviously, Mary Manson, he's a real scary looking. But Wow. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to say we finally got T-shirt order. <gasps> We got the proofs, and if you're coming to the live show, you're going to be first in line to be able to do a pre-order. So we'll have a way for you to order. There's a tank, there's a hoodie, and then there is a tee. These are more springy colors. We got a black tank, but then we got like a pretty like teal, like our logo shirt, and then a white hoodie because... Uh, you can, you wear, can wear a hoodie every, all the time. Everywhere. Yeah. All year. Um, but after the live show, we will open it up for a certain amount of days so that everyone in state and out of state can order. And so we'll talk about logistics about that when it when we get to that point. So but yay. Yay, all yay, facts, yay. no printer. Fa- all facts, no printer. All right, do you have anything else before I get started with this guilty or innocent? Um, no, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited because you don't know the story. I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about David and Belinda Temple. This is a local story. It's out of Houston. Well, I've never heard of it. Yes. It's so the true story of a mother's love, a husband's betrayal, and a cold-blooded Texas murder and my source was shattered it's a book called by Catherine Casey Catherine Casey is a legit true crime author she's like up there with Anne Rule she covers every there's something I there's something oh she did the did um, she do the candy Baker no oh oh oh, yes that's right that's right um she does every all the Texas Big Texas stories and murders. <clears throat> okay, so I have to tell you about Belinda and I have to tell you about Temple, David Temple, so that you can get a good grip of kind of like the people that they are. Because the question is going to be, is this guy guilty or is he innocent? Mm. Um, and this is going to be a part two because the story happens, they meet, and then there's a murder um but of course there's a trial but there's not just one trial there's multiple trials so that's going to need a whole part of its own so i want to be able to do this story justice because it is a story good story all right so let me start with belinda belinda was born actually belinda lucas was her main name she was born in nacogdoches texas she was a twin and one of five children she was described as beautiful outgoing athletic and vivacious in high school she was voted the most school spirit she was a cheerleader great basketball player like she was just all around i belinda are you belinda (laughs) 
maybe <laughs> wasn't a cheerleader, but I was on Pride of Patrol. <coughs> so she loved her family, even though her dad was a little domineering. Like she loved her family, she loved her siblings, she loved her parents. She was a very family girl. She also knew very early she wanted the all American life. She wanted to find the right guy and then raise a team of athletes. I I want to be Belinda because that's literally that's, <laughs> that's your life. That is my goal. That's your goal in life. I just need to have a a um, retirement plan. Okay, that's a child who's an athlete oh, who gets paid for it. Who there is my go. retirement plan? <laughs> How funny. Okay, so yeah. after high school, Belinda knew she wanted to be a special education teacher and a coach. And after graduation, her twin sister, Brenda, uh, went to Stephen F. Austin, which is in Nacogdoches. Mm -hmm. And she had a scholarship. It was like a um, a livestock scholarship because she showed. Showed. They were total opposite. She was like showed cows and heifers and stuff where Belinda was the um, athlete. athlete. Yeah. But Belinda stayed in stayed for years she went to angelina junior college and she stayed at home with her parents but she didn't love that idea because dad was very strict and she was just like i want to have she didn't she wasn't a party party girl but she's like i want to have a normal like college College life yeah so that only lasted about a year she worked hard during that year she worked at brookshire brothers which is usually like a Grocery store in smaller towns mm-hmm. when you don't have like an HEB or Walmart. And she taught aerobics at Ultra Fit Gym. Oh my gosh. Yes. So. She was she was very much about her body. And then um, that next year she enrolled in Stephen F. Austin where her sister was. And she lived in a two-bedroom apartment with her roommate named Stacy. And Stacy will kind of come up here and there. And she was working on her teaching degree. So living her life. Living her best life. Living her best life. Belinda. She, um, at this time, was in a pretty serious relationship. They talked about getting married. Oh. It was a guy from her high school. Oh, hey. They even got engaged. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she found out about him being unfaithful, and she dropped him, like, quick and didn't look back. You go, Belinda. I know. And so Stacy later says, like, she didn't play. She was not going to, like, try to drag on a relationship that wasn't going anywhere. So she was like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't put up with anything. No, she didn't. And she always said she didn't want a man to control her like her dad kind of did her mom. Her dad oh, wasn't abusive. Yeah. They were just kind of old school. And so she felt like her mom took a back seat to her dad, and she never wanted to be like that. Yeah, yeah. This will actually later change. You'll see. Oh, so yeah. break up, and now she's single. And living her best life. Okay. Let me go to David. Okay. So David was born in Katy, Texas, right up the road mm-hmm. in Houston. His parents bought land near rice, some rice fields there in Katy, okay. and they lived on like two-ish acres. Um, and they were very much a boy family. He had two other brothers, so that's three boys, mom and dad, mm-hmm. and the boys ran the house. The dad ran the house, and the boys ran the house. The mom kind of took the back seat. They hunted, they fished. Um, by the time they were all in high school, she, what are you doing? 
I was like, what are these things in this pillow? And it was like these wooden sticks. I uh, thought it was a hidden treasure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's treasure in the pillow, but it was part of the pillow. So continue. So by the time they're in high school, dad had bought them all shotguns. And, but that wasn't normal. I mean, that was normal. Half the people in Katy, they had like these shotguns, went hunting. That's just their way of life. Yeah. So David was a great athlete. He was good at baseball, but he was a beast at football. He oh. was born, like his, he was born to be a football player, mm -hmm. football star. His physique was perfect for it. He had like this thick neck. He was big. He was broad. Um, he played line backer and he was known across town as the temple of doom because oh. when he was you were hit by him it was like by a freight train oh no so we all know about texas high school football right mm -hmm. it's a big thing yep. but katie like is another level oh katie high school football really and so if the katie football team is good and you're on the football team you're a star yeah and katie um so, and because he was a star, he thought he should only date stars. So he dated only the prettiest of the girls, oh, also yeah. athletes, cheerleaders, just how it is, right? Just like you see on the movies. Let me show you, oh, David. There's pictures that Caroline has posted. Um, but, like, look through these. Look at his neck. And, like, he's like this. And, like, turn the page. Or look on the front. Like, he's like a football player. Look at that neck. He should have either been a football player or a wrestler. He was just yeah. built for it, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, take, he's definitely <coughs> had some steroids. And Belinda, ooh, smart. And Belinda, beautiful. She had, like, these pretty green eyes. She had dirty blonde hair. He's really cute. <coughs> he was? Or she's a really small penis right now with all the steroids. Yes, 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 yes. Just saying. Yeah, he was, he was very good looking. They were very good looking. Okay. So, um, because yeah. David was so good, he was getting all these letters to go play college football. Mm -hmm. They were coming from, like, big-name schools like Texas, OU. So, he just knew he was going to go play at a big FBS school mm -hmm. and go play in the NFL. Like, that was his goals. And as recruiting kind of progressed... When they saw him, like, so they would call him, they'd write him these letters, but when they saw him in person, they backed off. Why do you think? I mean, because he was big? No, you want big. He was short. He was oh. only five foot 11. So he didn't pass the full eyeball test. Oh. And they wanted linebackers to be at least six foot plus tall. So he's only oh. lacking an inch, but it's crazy how much that inch matters in football. And so, I guess in pro, what is this pro? No, this is college. college. I'm about call, yeah, like big time. Yeah, like college. So, so the big FBS schools didn't recruit him now, and he was getting a little worried. Um, so Texas passed on him. OU passed on him. Like all the places that he thought he was going to go, he, they ended up not offering him to come play there. Um, his junior year, he had an injury and he missed a season. So he wanted to come out bigger and stronger. 
So when he was rehab, he was also doing some own little mm, stuff in his own. And doing some injections. Mm. He was taking steroids, oh. and he was a beast. He was benching like 430 pounds. Really? But this added to his already bad temper. So oh, he already had a bad hell. temper, and now he's like roid raging. The worst. And he's short. And Come when on. he came back, <laughs> when he came back, he came back bigger and faster and stronger. And meaner. Bigger this way. But, you know, steroids can sh- make your bones shorten. And your penis. And your penis. <laughs> so he might have gotten that extra inch by the time, time he graduated. <laughs> Drink every time she says penis. <laughs> <laughs> by the time he graduated, he could have been six foot, but he did the steroids and it kind of screwed him up. Mm. So, of course, he was cocky on the field, but he was, like, the worst um, example of a star football player because he was cocky off the field, and he was just rude to everybody. He was a bully. He was a bully to his teachers. He was a bully. He would get into it with his coaches and challenge his coaches, but his coaches would sometimes back down because he was so big and scary. Oh, really? Yes. Come on, coaches. He was just an ass. So, um, one day he even got in trouble and, or when he would get in trouble at school, his mom was the type to come and get him out of it. She didn't want her son to be punished. No, he had two brothers. I think he was the middle child though. He was obviously the favorite. (laughs) So, um, but he would also be mean to his mom. So his brother talks about a time where he was being so ugly to the mom and big brother had to come and intervene and and david went and got his shotgun and stuck it in his brother's face threatening to pull the trigger but ended up putting the shotgun down gun down and like leaving it's a little excessive it is excessive but that's like just a picture of like what his oh well then surely they knew he had something else going on yeah well cte could be could be david got into some legal troubles in high school like just little stuff like car burglaries not little stuff that's big stuff but why is he burglaring cars he was like um stealing uh uh, i forgot what they called them but fuzz busters the radar radar detectors remember oh my gosh it's like 15 dollars at best buy (laughs) Well, he was <laughs> got stealing those, he was breaking into cars. I think he just was bored and he needed some kind of a rush. Assaults. Assault? Um, assaults, yeah. And Sir. He, there were even rumors Who are that we assaulting? he hit a guy with his car. I thought you were going to say with his penis. <laughs> it won't swing, it's too little. <laughs> <laughs> but... By the time he graduated, he ended up getting a scholarship. And oh, the scholarship good. was to Stephen F. Austin. Oh, so not one of the that. bigger schools that he was thinking of, but this is a full-ride scholarship, and he was like, I'm, I'm going to play football, so I'm going to go. So Tell he me was again excited. what years was, was this? This is now like 87-ish. Oh, okay. I must. I, didn't, I wouldn't have known then. Yeah. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so... He graduates, and he is voted most athletic. He has a picture in his yearbook next to Renee Zellweger because they graduated together. What? Renee Zellweger was voted dream date, and um, she later on just kind of says what a, what a tool he was, too. So 
And one more thing I want to say about David is he was very particular about everything. He's very type A, like OCD, but especially about what he was wearing. He had to have the most named brand clothes, socks, shoes, and his shoes always had to match his outfit. So he never, he took multiple showers a day and always changed into this great outfit. He never looked bad, like never dressed down. He wasn't one of those coaches that would walk around in wind pants, right? Mm-hmm. And a t-shirt tucked into these wind pants. <laughs> you know those coaches? <laughs> he wasn't one of those. He was always dressed down. Or th- or they're wearing the like the spandexy shorts with the tall socks <laughs> that have like pockets on them or something. Yes. They're like, what are y'all wearing? <laughs> Stop. I, I feel like I have an issue with the guy that takes m- that multiple, multiple showers a day. Yeah. Like, like um, uh, like three showers, two to three showers a yes. day, and he would change. So when he would later go to work, he'd have all these, like, clothes up on hangers because he was changing multiple times a day. Like, Dirty Jed would take multiple showers a day. What, did he really? And he would always be, like, blowing his nose in the shower. I'm like, he probably was doing okay in the shower the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I'll blow my nose in the shower, though, too. No, I mean, but he was always coughing. I was like, what are you? Ugh. Look, go into the next you should have had that eyebrow up. <sighs> well, you ain't working. You're sitting at home. Why are you taking all these damn showers? <laughs> what What are you dirty from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, rub one out in the shower? Okay. I mean, what? What are you doing yeah. this whole time? You don't got to be in the shower to do that. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. So he's at Stephen F. Austin and Belinda's at Stephen F. Austin. Oh, love okay. story. Here we go. So, um, it's fall of 1987. David's a lumberjack, Stephen F. Austin lumberjacks. Um, he, by day, he would practice and go to school and play football. By night, he was kicking ass and taking names at the bar. Getting drunk and kicking ass. He kind of sounds fun, you know, like he would be the person I would probably uh, want to go to the bar with and hang out. Because yeah. he's probably going to put on a show, but not anybody I'd probably want to date. Mm. He did have a girlfriend when he got there named Pam. So he hadn't met Belinda yet. His first girlfriend's Pam, and Pam was obsessed with him. Um, his fame and his football followed him to SFA. They were excited to get such a star because they would have expected him to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and she was just grateful to be with him, and he wined and dined her. He bought her presents. He picked her up. He sent her flowers. Like, he's treated her like a queen at the beginning love bombing, but slow love bombing um and then slowly he slowly slowly starts to take control um and so but she she kind of submitted to him and she would never tell him no but one time she did he wanted to come over she was having a girl's night with her girl so she told him no i'll see you tomorrow well, he, like, busted in her door. Showed up anyway. Showed up anyway with his friends, busted in the door, and attacked her like she was another lineman. Like, and with, he didn't and hit her. And her friends were there, and he just tackled yes, her? Yes, the, scre- the friends were screaming. Her, his guys had to get him off and, like, take him outside. What? She was mad how at him for, so like, mad? 24 hours. She must have been talking about how small his penis was. <laughs> All of her friends. He heard about it. Mm-hmm. He's but secretly the, recording her. The fact that she told him no, like he just couldn't handle it. And so that's oh, what made him no. storm over there. 
Mm. Pam stayed with them after that, and they spent all their extra time together. She she wasn't that scared then. She was scared. I I mean she just she's is in the book and she's reflecting on how in love he was, but then how he slowly took control. Yeah, and how he did have a bad temper. So she's kind of co-signing <coughs> on um, some of the other things people said. She met his parents. And she fell in love with the parents, she fell in love with David. She was just like, you know, this is, I'm going to marry him. I'm going to marry him. I'm going to marry him. Yeah. Until David oh. goes out one day and he sees Belinda Lucas. And oh. Belinda's like, doesn't even notice him. She's dancing. They talk. They dance. They hit it off. Um, but David doesn't break up with Pam yet. He hangs out with Belinda a couple more times and then just basically throws Pam to the side. He didn't want to be anything. He didn't want to be with her anymore. Nope. Bye, I'm Pam. gone. Bye. Yeah, can't See do ya. it. Bye. She gone. Um, Belinda loved to dance. She was free and she was beautiful and she was in great shape because she exercised for money. She did. She so, taught aerobics. She yeah did yeah. all of everything. Yeah, she choreographed do. her own routines and practiced them and then did her classes. So uh, Pam later said that she was devastated because one minute he was in love with her and, like, crying, buying her things, and the next minute, like, he just moved on and didn't look back. Because yeah, he's a sociopath. Obviously. no feelings. Obviously. So um, Belinda and David. Now we have Belinda and David. Good and job. they were a great fit. They were both in great shape. They were athletic. They were both competitive. They were athletic. They loved sports. Belinda loved football, so she was his biggest fan in the stands. When David's parents met Belinda, they instantly loved her because you just couldn't. I mean, she was very lovable, and they said that she brought the best out of David. David's mom said that he softened up behind Belinda, Mm -hmm. and she was glad. Okay. Um, but Stacy, who was Belinda's roommate, says oh. that Belinda was not the same oh. self-assured, opinionated person that she always was. Mm. Whatever David said, she agreed. Whatever Data wanted, she did it. Um, and she would just say, okay, okay. So she kind of ca- became this submissive mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Tom and Carol are Belinda's parents. Okay. And they came to meet David, and they were impressed because he's the star SFA now. So posters were all over town of his pictures. He was just known whenever they would go somewhere, people would come and greet him and want his autograph. It's just crazy. Um, And so they were impressed. They thought he was a big shot. They didn't have anything to kind of really be scared about at all. So they get closer and they get closer and it's their senior year and David proposes to her on the football field at oh. the 50-yard line. Oh, well, that's original. He, <laughs> he goes all out. He has all his friends surround the fields in their cars because it's dark and they turn on their headlights all like in a contagion or whatever. Oh, my. So light contagion around the football field and then he got down on his knees and proposed. And Belinda happily said yes. Oh, yeah. And they moved in together, and they get a dog named Shaka. Do you remember chow dogs? No. 
I was thinking about it. Nobody has a chow dog anymore, but What's they look like bears. They're like these big, like furry, usually black dogs. Very, very furry. They look like little bear cubs, um, but they have a mean streak, kind of like we know pit bulls do. Oh, yeah. I literally have not seen a chow since I was little. But you know who else had a chow? It was Ariel Castro. Oh, poor dog. <laughs> but they're dog. very protective protective dogs and so this dog comes up later but he nobody shaka would protect belinda and david so whenever he tried to come to the house he was growling and snarling david had to pull him back so they're living together and they decide to stay another year and get their master's they're going to stay another year before they get a job. They're doing it all right. Like, she's living oh, yeah. the the dream, the American yeah. dream, right? Their wedding was a fairy tale wedding. Oh, of course. They finished their master's, and David's old coach called him up, and he got a job at KDISD. Okay. But not at his old high school, another high school, because Katie has a ton of high schools. Um, and Belinda took a job at the middle school, and mm-hmm. she was coaching track. Okay. Dream life. Uh, yeah, dreams. Or it seems to be. It's their dream life. It's their dream life. Everybody looks on the outside and thinking she's living her dream, but behind closed doors, you David is being controlled. Oh. Not beat. <laughs> controlled. Their house had to be immaculate all the time. Like everything had its place. And he would throw a fit. Did Belinda have to chew like a certain type of gum, and if she smelled, she took a shower? Because apparently that's what Ellen like would like. Who? That's like what Ellen would say about her people who who would be around her. She would be like, "You can't be around me if you're chewing this kind of gum." Oh, Ellen, the dinner, the generous. Yes, I don't like people chewing big red gum around me. How can you even tell? You smell it. It smells like spit. Cinnamon and spit mixed together. So I'm with if it's if it's cinnamon gum. I just thought that I was mean, the most random thing. Like <laughs> y- you can smell their gum yeah, only if it's big red cinnamon. Well, who gum. even eats big red gum? I don't know. Does Nobody they even still I'm, make it. I don't know. They should not. It's the worst. It doesn't even make your breath fresh. Well, it, it smells like spit. It goes away after like three seconds, and then it's like. You're eating paper. <laughs> I'm out. Buy big. If red somebody gum. walked in here chewing if, big red if gum, big red I gum would wanted to sponsor us, we would say no. <laughs> we would say no. That is funny. But he was controlling. Everything had to have its place. Um, and by the way, my mom used to continue to put big red gum in our stockings up until I was at least thirty-five. <laughs> She's fired. I was like, get rid of the big red, put in the extra. Yes. Bye. Yes. Bye. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> big red gum. Awful. I'm look at the store for that to see if they still have if it. If they do, it needs to be recalled. It needs to be gone. Recall that. Gone, gone, gone. Let's start a petition. So, <laughs> we're so random. So random. <laughs> Okay, so he was controlling her at home. Everything had to be perfect, right? But then he started pulling her away from her family. He didn't like her family. He called them rednecks. And, but she had a twin. So can you imagine not? Twins mm. have to be together. Yeah. So she would think. talk to them a lot, but she didn't see them a lot. Daily, David was immer- making them 
like drowning them with the Temple family. They had to be do everything with his family and not her family. And if they went, he would like time them. And after oh an hour, it would be like gosh. time to go. I can only handle your redneck white trash family for an hour, is what he would say. Oh my gosh, I, that does sound somewhat familiar to some, not to me, but to some other people. So. They're, co- they're coaches, so they only stay at that job for a year, and uh-huh. they get another job. And now they're at Hastings High School, and this is an Elif ISD school district, which is in the same area. Um, and his people, coaches that he worked with, said that David would go too far with his players. His anger, he expected perfection and didn't understand that school kids, like, can't give you perfection like they make mistakes on the field and off the field and so he just wasn't understanding Mm -hmm. and so he was ugly to the players and then ugly to the coaches who questioned him um his yard had to be perfectly manicured and organized and in place and belinda had to have dinner on the table ready for him when he got home and so neighbors later commented about how she would be outside playing with Evan and talking to the neighbors and then a certain time would hit and she would oh we gotta go we gotta go I gotta cook for David and cook for okay yeah yeah and it's just things that he demanded I mean I wouldn't be mad about somebody doing my yard like really perfectionist like yeah yeah Yeah. so I might so he's a perfectionist but he doesn't demand me to be have the yard imperfection or make me go out there and do it with them he just needs to have it yeah good. i'd be like listen i'm not gonna do it. i'm only half all, I, I'm, all not I'm doing is blowjobs and that's it <laughs> <laughs> so belinda gets pregnant right that's what happens you're married after a yeah. year or two you put she his meal on the table at the right time girl you're gonna get pregnant get pregnant so she is pregnant with the baby boy that they're gonna name evan evan and this was so, they were so happy. David wanted some little football players. Yeah. And so a blue boy was coming, and that's what he was getting. And it bought, brought a positive side out for a while. And on April 14th, little Evan Brett Temple was born. And um, then David started calling Belinda Fat, so she had to work real, real hard to get, to get the weight off. Uh, yes. Belinda made one last career move to Katie High School, and this is the high school where David graduated. Mm -hmm. And she almost didn't get the job because the teachers still remembered David and how horrible he was to them, (laughs) but they realized his wife was different. They were still there. They were really trying to get their whatever. Retirement. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then David was... Still at a Leaf ISD, and he's going to the ninth grade center. And here's where they meet their best friends, Tammy and Quentin Harlan. Quentin later comes to coach at Midway ISD. What? After this whole scandal, yeah. He's still there? Do we no. know him? No, he left. What's his last name? And now he's Harlan. H A R L A N. Harlan. Quentin and Tammy Harlan. So Belinda and Tammy worked together at the high school, and then Quentin and David worked together at the ninth grade center. They coached together, and they just all got along really quick. They would grill. They'd play games on the weekends. Um, And then David became competitive, and then it turns out him and Quentin 
were competing against each other. So Tammy would later say that, like, her and David would, I mean, her and Quentin would buy a TV. And then the next weekend, David would go buy a TV, but it would be bigger oh, and better. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Quentin this and Tammy put much. in a fountain in their backyard. And what? David had to go get, like, the biggest, like. I mean, why did you need the fountain? Because it's Wee Wee's little. Uh, eggs. <laughs> This Everything all stems from a bigger. small penis. Yes, it this does. whole story. This we whole figured story. it out. <laughs> small penis. Small penis. Um, never, David. Never works out. So then they started going to happy hour. Like educators do, right? There's Thirsty Thursdays. We didn't make that up. There's always yeah. a group of educators at every bar on a Thursday and on a Friday. And so David started going and Quentin started going. But Belinda wasn't allowed to. Oh, she had um, to cook dinner. He had his high school reunion coming up. He didn't allow Belinda to go because he was going to sleep with his ex-girlfriend. Oh, hell. Yes. David. So he's, like, slowly, like, changing, and Belinda, like, sees it. Um, And then Tammy starts to doubt Belinda because she's like, why does she, why doesn't she stand up to him? Why does he let her call her a fat ass? Why does he um, never come home and make her do everything? Like, Tammy wanted her friend to step up to him, but... She just ultimately realized that Belinda was weak behind him. So here's the new teacher that started to teach English at the ninth grade center with David and Quentin. And her name is Heather Scott. She's in those pictures. She's this tall, blonde, skinny drink of water. And Quentin immediately starts flirting and emailing her. Right. What? Well, Just email her. Okay. That's yeah, because there's the no text, <laughs> no Quentin text messages. Put it in a damn email. Come on now. So, she starts coming to happy hour with them and their group of friends, mm-hmm. and because David is so competitive, he starts to flirt and email Heather too. Because oh, Heather must now have it's just like a game. Now it's just like <gasps> a game. Oh, there she you is. You see her. I see Heather. So, David becomes more distant at home, but he starts um, spending more time at happy hour and really befriending this girl named Heather. Mm-hmm. And Belinda feels him, like, pulling and pulling and pulling. And then she finds out that he's, she's pregnant. And David, and this time it's a girl, and David is not happy this time. Oh, and he doesn't go to the doctor's appointments with her and he really doesn't even acknowledge the fact that she's having a baby. He doesn't talk about it. She ends up having to like decorate the nursery on her own. Um, She had to put the own her own crib. Is he mad that she's pregnant or mad that it's a girl? I think it's both. Because at what point did he find the youth? Like, was he mad before they knew it was a girl? We don't know. He I mean. was, they had always talked about having another kid, right? Okay, well, so, so you then already had pregnant. your boy, yeah. and now you have your girl, Yeah, David. but then he had just met Heather. <sighs> David, you can still <laughs> and Heather on the side. And okay. Belinda just thought, thought that maybe because it was a girl. So whatever it may be, they think because it's girl, you'll f- see that he disrespects girl. I don't think he has any yeah. respect for girls. So he wanted all boys just like his dad had all boys. Um, so his flirty friendship with Heather progressed. So when they would leave the bar, he would go to Heather's house 
Heather's roommates, remember, they would spend hours in her bedroom. And she, Heather, actually was a lot like David, where she was always had to be dressed to a T. She changed multiple times, and she wouldn't, like, go to Target in flip-flops and, mm-hmm. you know, yoga pants. Yeah. She had to have her outfit on. That's so much work. And look great and have full makeup, full hair, and everything. Do those people ever take off their makeup? Yeah, but nobody sees. How do you do that? I don't know. That's a lot of work. It is. It is. And product. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's a lot of effort. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, there was hundreds of emails going back and forth with David and Heather, and they were even closer at school. So people at school knew something was going on with them. The coaches' wives knew something was going on with them. Mm-hmm. So that football season – Belinda was not allowed to sit with the football wives anymore, coaches' wives anymore. He demanded her to sit with his parents because he was afraid the coaches' wives were going to tell her about his new side piece. Um, And then he begins whining and dining Heather like he did Pam and Belinda. So he's buying her gifts and having them shipped to her townhouse, buying her flowers, having them shipped to her townhouse. And her roommate later says she loved the attention and she loved being wined and dined. So she was falling for David, right? Mm-hmm. It's Christmas time, and David doesn't buy Belinda anything, but she buy he buys Heather this great oh, um, like gold necklace. I know jewelry, spending money, treating her, treating her, treating her. Um. Belinda later tells somebody that she thinks that he's having an affair. She just has no proof. But she's sitting at home. She's pregnant. She's devastated. She's lonely. But she also don't want her marriage to. Similar. It sounds a little bit like Lacey Peterson. It does. It does. It does. All the stories, I think, just are all. I mean, your pregnant wife, and then you're out here cheating with this other chick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This happens at the same time as. Um, Peterson too like after this happens and why then wasn't this one I don't know what happens so I yeah. guess I can't compare it yet <coughs> so she knew he was having an affair but she had no proof so now her Brenda com- her sister Brenda's coming to visit for the New Year's and David comes in it's New Year's of 1999 mm-hmm. great year David comes in and he goes oh hey I'm going hunting for the weekend for New Year's Eve um, I'll see you in a couple days. So he packs his shotgun and his clothes, and he kisses her goodbye, and he kisses, tells Brenda bye, and he leaves. But he doesn't go hunting. He goes to a townhouse where Te- Heather and Tara live, and they're throwing this big New Year's Eve party. And he spends the whole weekend with Heather partying, Watching football, having sex, and movies on the couch. Oh, no. And Belinda spends that whole weekend. Throwing up by Taking down Christmas decorations. (laughs) Throwing up. Silently wondering where her husband was. She's like going to Home Depot and putting up shelves and blinds and stuff. Like honeydew stuff that he should be doing. Mm. (coughs) When David um, gets home. Like, like that Sunday, 
They go eat dinner at Los Cucos. And they go back to work, and people at Belinda's school don't see anything out of the ordinary. She's still happy Belinda, but she does look sad. But the, she's also tired, and she looks stressed because she's about to have the baby. She's eight months pregnant right now. The weekend after he spent that weekend with Heather it was their anniversary. He didn't do anything for their anniversary. And... um. On the night of January 10th is where we're at now. Mm -hmm. The little boy, Evan, comes into their room because he's got fever and he's sick. And so she gives him some Motrin and she lets him sleep through the night. And she gets up and he's not doesn't have fever anymore, but she takes him to daycare. And she tells him at the daycare, she says, he was sick last night. If he runs fever, call me and I will pick him up. Now, a word from our sponsors. Nine one one, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners 
who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Okay, so she takes him to daycare, and she's like, call me if he gets sick. I will come and pick him. David will come and pick him up. They agreed that morning that David will because she didn't want to use her time because she knows she's going to go out on maternity leave. So um, she goes to work, and her feet are swollen, and she's tired. And she's kind of stressed because she feels bad about Evan. And she makes it to about halfway, and the daycare calls and said that he has 100 six fever and you need to come get him so she calls David and calls David and calls David and he doesn't answer so she has to leave work and she goes to get him and she goes by her mother-in-law's and she picks up some homemade soup that the mother-in-law made and she gets home David meets her at the house so she ends up getting a hold of him and she, he meets her there about noon ish and she goes back to work and she finishes her nights okay that's really all we know. David says that she gets home at 3.45 that evening, afternoon, after work. She had finished work. She had a parent conference. She gets home at 3.45. Well, about 5.25 that evening, David pulls up in his truck, and the neighbors across the street, neighbor Mike, gets a knock at his door, and it was David Temple. He said someone had broken into their house and to take Evan. So he gave Evan to oh, neighbor Mike, oh, okay. and <clears throat> he turned and he sprinted back to his backyard. He didn't go through the front door. He went through the backyard, and Mike was like, wait, don't. What if he's still in there? So Mike's running after David. Gosh. And he sees David go into the back door. And so he tries to get into the backyard, but Shaka, the mean ash chow, comes and oh. tries to attack neighbor Mike. So neighbor Mike ends up just having to hold the gate shut because Shaka's like trying to break down the gate oh, to get no. at him. And when he's looking, he sees that there is glass on the ground. The back door had a window on the top mm -hmm. of it, and there's broken glass. So he was thinking, is somebody in the house? What if the burglar is still in the house? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yells at his wife to call 911. And then um, a 911 call came in. So let's play this 911 call. Okay. Sir, is there any way that you can kneel down next to her and see if she is breathing? 
Why are you so calm all of a sudden? Why? Is yeah. Why? Oh, and and what is her brains on the floor? Yes. What? Yes. And how is she? His CPR, is the baby out? No. What is she talking about doing CPR for the baby? Because if she just died, you can still give oxygen to the baby. Oh, and maybe do keep CPR the baby on her. On her, which will, even though she's not alive, maybe the oxygen can get to the baby. There's like a window that you can still save a baby after the mom dies. But if the baby he was not as distraught as I you need to be, yeah. Everybody acts different. Don't care. Yeah, yeah. This is not just what your. This is your pregnant wife. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, you know. So Mm -mm. he says, "I got a cop car. The police are here, whatever." Right. So the police arrive and they see neighbor Mike still holding the gate shut because he doesn't want to let Shaka out. The cops come, and they say, who's in the house? And they describe David. He's real big. He's in the house. Um, and so they try to penetrate the backyard, and Shaka's like, hell no. Hell no. So they need to get in because they don't know what's going on. David hadn't come outside. They don't know if the burglar's in the house. They do know that somebody, that it went from a burglary to a homicide, that this call has upgraded to a homicide because there's a dead body, right? So they pull out their gun, and they're about to shoot Shaka so that they can get in there. But David comes out just in time, grabs Shaka, puts Shaka in the garage, and he says, my wife is dead, his first and only words. And he hung his head down solemnly. When they walked upstairs, they go past the nursery, the new baby nursery, Evan's cool little room, and they go into the master bedroom in the master closet, and that's where Belinda was there, face down, but on her side just enough that you can see her eight-month pregnant belly. Her brains were scattered, and she was hidden, like, between the clothes. There was brain matter outside her body on the ground. She was a puddle of mud. There was stuff splattered on the wall. A puddle of mud? I mean, sorry, puddle of blood. (laughs) Puddle of blood. And there was a cordless phone, remember those? Oh, yeah. Next to her hands, um, like she was trying to call somebody. Oh, probably David 18 times. Yeah. Or 911. Was she shot? Why was her brain everywhere? It looked like she was shot, but like there was no head. (gasps) There was no head? I mean, basically, no. Decapitated? (laughs) No, her head was basically blown into pieces. But she, she, it was still there. You could see like a little bit of her face from what the book describes, but somebody had shot her in the back of her head. Point blank with oh. a shotgun, double oh, barrel shotgun. Yeah, no, yeah, that's bad. Um, but they weren't sure if it was in the back of the head yet at this time. They were like, yeah. could this be a suicide? Uh, no. Where's the gun? Because they couldn't find the gun anywhere. There was no gun anywhere, and they thought maybe she was on it. So did she kill herself, like put the gun to her face, kill herself, and then fall on top of the gun? No, no. Crime scene unit wasn't there, so they couldn't like move the body. Um, 
when they finally got there. Women don't kill themselves that way. Especially when you're pregnant. It, and, it, yeah. and it makes too much of a mess. Yeah. They looked. They suddenly noticed that David has not cried this whole time. Um, his head was in his hands, but there's no tears. Um, oh, and weird. his parents showed up frantic. But he still just was kind of just like calm. He felt more perturbed. Yeah. Seemed like he was more perturbed because than anything. Because he just killed his wife and there's blood all over the Everywhere. place and, and brain matter. And now his house is dirty. Now his house is dirty. No, he doesn't have dinner ready. <laughs> Dinner's not ready. So they got consent from David to search the place and collect any evidence. And then they put him in the back of a cop car. because They haven't questioned him or anything yet. And they need to. Um, CSI, while they're there, determined that... They, it was not a suicide that someone put a shotgun to the back of her head and blew her brains out, literally. David said someone had broken in the house. Remember, mm. he told mm-hmm. the neighbor, he told the police, and there was broken glass on the like in the back door, but everything suggested, everything else suggested, mm, I'm not sure if this is burglary. One, his jewelry and money was in plain sight in the master bedroom. Nice and neatly, but open. Mm-hmm. Um, his watch, his necklace, her gold bracelet, his championship ring that he won at Stephen F. Austin, and there was cash. And it was just neasy, neatly placed and undisturbed. So if a burglar would have taken yeah. some or all of that, right? Drawers were pulled out like suggesting that maybe somebody's going through drawers, but the shit in the drawers was meticulously was not disturbed. Not disturbed. It was not disturbed. It's like he, he was. It's <laughs> like he pulled the drawers. Like, oh shoot! I forgot to mess up the. I, oh, like, or like, like he couldn't yes, mess it up. Yes, 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 yes. Like oh, oh no. Let's just pull it out. I'm not gonna mess with yeah, anything. Yeah. The TV was on the ground on its side, and these were those old box TVs. Yeah. On its side. Like, he took it out and, like, just put it on the side. Like, oh, I don't want to mess it up But much. it was still plugged into the wall. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It, none of it made sense. It literally was like, okay, I need to stage a burglary, but I don't want to mess up the house too much. <laughs> so let me just do a little bit of this. Yeah. And to him, it was like chaos, probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The back door was broken, but think about Shaka. Shaka wouldn't let the neighbor in. Shaka wouldn't let the police oh, in. Yeah. So would Shaka let a stranger, burglar? yeah, burglar, come in and not attack the hell out of it? Mm-mm. Nope. So this is like what the cops are thinking right now as they're like going through the house. Um, and then they see pictures of like these ducks on the wall and like ducks on. S- everywhere so they're like oh is he a hunter yeah he's a hunter he is a hunter i wonder if this hunter has a shotgun yeah he does and they asked david and david says no i don't have a shotgun oh so now they have now they have they took david down to the station and his parents follow them so he's got david in the interview room and then the mom in this interview room and the dad's waiting outside and so somebody's interviewing the mom and she was just crying and crying because she did love Belinda. And they were asking questions. 
did David have a shotgun? And she said, yeah. He got one in high school for his birthday, but they didn't ask what gauge. Was it 20 gauge, 12 gauge, 14? I don't know how many gauges there are. They didn't ask what kind of gauge shotgun it was. And then at the end of her interview, they first they know they had to keep David's dad from interrupting because he would come in and try to shut her up or try to stop her from answering questions. He's just as controlled. That's where David gets it from. He was Mm. controlling. But at the end of the interview, she says, I could not have raised a son that would kill his wife, could I? And the interview was, the investigator was like, ma'am, I did not suggest that at all. But it was like, first thing she was thinking, it was on her mind. So um, they had David in there, and they asked David his whereabouts. Where were you? He said that Belinda got home at 345 and that he wanted to take Evan to the park. The way Evan had fever, remember? Oh. Why are you taking Evan to the park? He wanted to take Evan to the park because he said Evan felt better. So they went to the park. And then after the park, they went to Brookshire Brothers to get a drink. And then they went to Home Depot. She'd been begging him to go to Home Depot and fix <laughs> at the nursery for months. And he wouldn't step foot in Home Depot, but all he did go to Home he, Depot. Yeah, yeah. All of a he was not emotional. He was irritated and bothered and did not want to answer, like, the cops' questions. So Belinda, he said, they said, well, where was Belinda when you left? She said Belinda was, he said Belinda was resting at home when he left. And then when he got back, he discovered, he saw the glass on the ground, took Evan to the neighbors, discovered to Belinda, and called 911. Okay. Yes. And then as they, as they questioned him more, his story changed a little bit. Like, he changed what park he went to. He didn't go to this park by the house. He went to a big park that's by a lake. So okay, what what's that? Well, I would think he didn't want them to think he went to that big park because what if that's where he threw the shotgun in that lake? Oh. So maybe I don't want to tell him it was that lake in case they go looking for the shotgun. That's just what I thought in my head. Um. He also said in there that he didn't own a shotgun, but his parents you know, told the truth on that, that he did. So the police were like, David, you know, you're a suspect and we need to eliminate you. And the best way to eliminate you is to, if you took, agreed to take a polygraph test. And David immediately said, I need a lawyer. I mean, fair. Yeah. You just never know. Never know. That's the first thing I would do. I wouldn't answer any questions. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Even nope. if you are innocent. No. Nope. I wouldn't do nope. it. Nope, 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 nope. Um, so that's where I'm a stop. He's well, in the What happened room. to the baby? The baby died. Oh hell. Yeah. Okay. Well. We I she was dead a lot longer than Oh, then Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She said he got we know she did get three get home about three forty five ish. He didn't discover her, quote unquote, until 5:30. We don't think he killed her at that 5:30 mark. We think she was already dead. I think she was already dead. Then he went and staged all this, went to the park and did all this stuff. So 
let's stop there. He's in the interview room. He asked for a lawyer because in part two, um, there's another wedding. Oh, there is an arrest. There's a trial. There's a release. There's an arrest. And the trial is still going on, and I just could not shortcut it for you guys. But right now, That's what Caroline, happens when you read a book. I know. Right now, Caroline, do you think David Temple could be yes. innocent or guilty? No, I think he's guilty. You think he's guilty? Okay. Yes. I think he's guilty. I think he, it, it, he ruined his life when he started taking steroids in high school, <laughs> and he got his small penis and his syndrome. Penis yep. And he couldn't go to the big colleges. Plus little man syndrome. And, yep, he was an inch too short. His penis was an inch, inch too short. It was just, And you he know. was the middle child. And his dad was very much a bully, too. Yeah. So a lot of this is learned. Anyways, it... Okay, but so But I've never heard juicy. of it. I don't know why he wasn't as famous as Scott Peterson. You know? I, I mean, know. literally never heard of this guy. So what happened is... This happened, and then a little bit later, Scott Peterson killed, supposedly killed Lacey Peterson, and then that just overshadowed why. I don't know. They're just as pretty. The wives yeah. are just as pretty. The story's the same. Um, we're going to compare the cases and the side pieces because both cases have side pieces. Yeah. I think what made Scott Peterson so big is that Amber Fry maybe turned on him maybe really because quick. She was mi- maybe because Lacey was missing. Yeah, yeah. And it was the missing pregnant wife. Yes. I guess. Yeah. And, and then so that she showed up, up in the lake that he was fishing on uh-huh. suddenly. Yeah. So maybe the build up to the murder. And then Amber Fry did go on and do her little interviews and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> the tea. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so if you... Don't know the story. Don't do anything. I'll promise. No extra research. No extra research. Mm. You're just going to have to have your mouth water. Um, But it will be good. And then I want you guys to tell me if you think David is a killer or not a killer. That is all I have. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. I will do no research. We will see some of y'all this weekend. We will... See y'all and on the next Thursday. If we don't see y'all this weekend, don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye y'all. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.